This is a 980 CKNW podcast. You are live with the App Show. Mike Agarbo here in studio with John Beeler. We've got uh, a cool show today. We'll be talking uh, later on about uh, app integrated home alarm systems. If you've been looking for a security system or thinking of switching, we're going to go through uh, a few of the uh, the virtual and app based uh, ones uh, for your house. We'll also be talking about uh, EV dongles to test uh, your electric vehicle for battery health. And uh, finally, all the apps that uh, an electric vehicle owner should download. Let's get into some of the news uh, this week, uh, John. It uh, looks like uh, Apple is launching uh, a public beta for their Apple Watch that includes their sleep tracking feature that they've been talking about. Yeah, this is the first time they've actually done the public betas with the Watch OS. And uh, this is available now. And uh, it, it's it's I think it's pretty cool. It gives people... I mean, that's one of the reasons why I actually became a developer was to get access to some of this stuff early because uh, generally with the apple betas they're pretty pretty solid by the time they get to the public beta stage um they're, they're typically one or two releases behind the developer side of things and uh the, so far definitely with the um watch os 7 beta it's been very solid and i haven't had any problems at all with it well, I know a lot of people have been uh, waiting for the sleep tracking. I mean, there are sleep tracking apps available for uh, Apple Watch, but this is the first time that Apple's kind of uh, baked it into their operating system. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it doesn't, like we talked about before uh, in previous episodes, it doesn't seem to really have a huge hit on the battery. Um, it seems to turn everything down to the absolute bare minimum just to do what it needs to do when it's tracking your sleep. Very cool. Uh, Google Maps finally works with CarPlay in the best way. Uh, I think it's been available for a while, but not as integrated as uh, you know the base Apple Maps has been. Yeah, so by default in CarPlay, uh, in your car, when you plug in your phone, um, you could choose, and, and this is a fairly recent thing that Apple did, is you could choose your third-party app provider, whether it's Google, uh, Waze, or something else. Um, and uh, But there was a neat little thing that they introduced in the last uh, update for iOS 13. It's called Dashboard Mode, where it allows you to have basically a tile for your map, and then it would also have little tiles for things like your calendar or your navigation, or sorry, your um, whatever song is playing right now, for example. Um, but that only worked with Apple Maps. Uh, to to do anything like that, you would basically have to go into your uh, music playback system, play a song, or use Siri to do that, and then just go to a full screen Google Maps. But now you can actually have a couple different things on the screen at once in their dashboard mode, which is which is a nice feature for people that maybe don't want to use Apple Maps and want to use Google or, or Waze or something else. It's just funny with car stereos, John. I remember back in the day, uh, you know, that was a large business. Uh, you know, the stereo shops, uh, you know, basically selling millions of dollars of uh, car stereos like the Alpines and the Pioneers. And that's that's pretty well dead now, really, because, uh, you know, most of these new cars come with the stock stereo as, as they do uh, with uh, the screen. And uh, you either run the Apple CarPlay version on there if you've got an iPhone or uh, Android Auto if you've got uh, an Android phone. So there's no real huge need to upgrade your car stereo anymore. No, and that's the thing is I think unless you're running an older car that doesn't have that stuff, uh, that would be the only reason. So I imagine kind of like point and shoot cameras, that market's pretty getting pretty dried up. Um, But I I did notice something kind of annoying. Like I have a brand new car. I have a beautiful 10 point 
uh, 2.5 screen. And when I use CarPlay on it, it only uses about two thirds of the screen. The other third of the screen is uh, controllable or customizable for whatever the car shows. But um, apparently that's just a limitation of CarPlay and Android Audio. Uh, My car's navigation system itself and all the other things, I can go full screen, full width, no problem. But I can't do that because of sort of the constraints that Apple and uh, Google have on their systems as well. So it's it's kind of strange, kind of annoying. I'd like to have a full screen Google Maps or or the the dashboard mode that we just talked about uh, on my full big giant display, but uh, I can only get basically two thirds of it. Yeah, it's just funny now, like who else can even get into the car stereos anymore? It's just between Apple and Google. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah, but, but it seems like all the car manufacturers are still trying to roll their own. They all still have their own sort of app stores for things like that. Like we talked about uh, that with uh, GM and and our good friend Ted Cotonos about how GM has like their own little app store where you can actually download the Alexa app and that kind of thing uh, for the newer vehicles that they have as well. So they're still trying to have something there. And there definitely is a lot of integration in some of these apps that are in the car uh, for doing everything like controlling your climate control to, you know, locking and unlocking your doors and, and and those types of things that you still need sort of like the car specific app to control and, and it does have some integration into these touch screens good point uh another story we're following uh this is interesting john a wireless charging is uh dramatically less efficient than charging with a cord <laughs> duh <laughs> like i don't have to be a scientist to to figure that out but uh it, it is it is actually dramatic it's like uh you know twice as inefficient but i also wondered if it you know what's the long range impact of using that system to charge versus the cord right is there some uh battery degradation that happens uh over time because some of some of these chargers uh they make your phone heat up yeah you know yeah because you just don't know who made them um I just bought a new one at Ikea recently. Ikea has all kinds of wireless charging options now that you can integrate into your furniture and that kind of thing. And they're super convenient and they're really inexpensive. Like you can get a charging pad itself for like 10 bucks. Um, And uh, it, you know, you just throw it on a coffee table or whatever and you're good to go. But the, I just wonder if there's a benefit to using cable versus wireless as far as the health of the battery. Yeah, we'd have to look into that. I'm, I'm not quite sure uh, on, yeah. on it. Uh, I guess uh, another big thing to look at is because they're so inefficient, like how much extra juice are they having to, you know, put out? Uh, and, you know, when you look at how many smartphone devices there are in the world, I think there's like three and a half uh, billion smartphones out there. And so if everyone starts going to wireless charging, that's a lot more power plants that they have to make. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I'm also annoyed because I have I have a couple of those chargers that they don't have like the guides, and if you have it on the charger just a little off, you're not actually charging. <laughs> so I know I know I had this uh, really cool one that I had on my nightstand. You, you lay uh, the phone right down on top of it, and it just drove me crazy. I don't I don't even know why I kept it so long because if I didn't have it perfectly on there, I'd wake up in the morning with a dead phone. Yeah, but uh, I, I find the, I find the newer ones though they're better. Yeah, they have a bigger, bigger uh, pad, if you will, uh, or bigger zone that you can drop it onto. Um, I've seen some pretty interesting new ones now that actually it's a it's a bigger pad, and the the charging system will actually find your phone on the pad and and lock onto it and give all its juice to it. So yeah, I've been using uh, I've been training out the Belkin ones. 
they are they are the best. They just work every single time, no matter what kind of case I have on them, no matter where I put it on the charging pad, it just works. I think part of the problem though is whenever I'm taking it off or putting it back on the charging pad, it's like three o'clock in the morning in the dark. <laughs> so <laughs> you're putting it on your cat. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Uh, let's talk uh, podcasting. Uh, we, uh, to do our radio show and our podcasts, uh, we've been enamored with, uh, uh, one from, uh, a company called road called the roadcaster pro, uh, it's a bit pricey. I think it's up in like, uh, getting close to a thousand dollars for it, but boy, it, it is fantastic. Uh, zoom, which is a, uh, a, a big company as well that makes, uh, audio gear. They've come out not with related, a, not related to the video conferencing people. Not at all. Uh, they have a new one that's coming out called the PodTrack P4. And this this thing is awesome because the one we're using right now, it's like the size of a giant textbook, if, if not a little bit bigger. This one here fits in the palm of your hand. Yeah, the Roadcaster that we use now is a giant mixer, basically. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, it definitely dramatically changed our workflow for, for producing the radio shows. But, you know, when we go on the road and stuff like that, you got to drag this thing around. It's just getting a little beat up. Yeah, I know. Have you haven't bought a case for it yet? I know. Every time uh, you come over and you look at it, you're like, you just shake your head at, yeah. at how poorly I've been looking after this little guy. But it takes a beat and keeps on. Yep. Keeps Note on to the audience, never lend anything to Mike. <laughs> um, or, or put it in bubble wrap. But this this pod uh, pod track thing looks really cool. It gives us a lot of the features that we use in a really small form factor. You can have up to four microphones plugged into it. It's got uh, a little tiny little display, so you can actually see the levels and that kind of thing. You have little dials for the um, for the for the uh, microphone levels, and it runs on batteries. So um, this will be great for whenever we do start traveling again and we need to go to CES and, you know, we just need to drag some microphones with us. And this tiny little thing as opposed to basically filling up half of our suitcase with uh, the Roadcaster. Yeah, what I liked about this one as well, it's got a USB port so you can plug in a laptop and take Skype calls and Zoom calls and everything. And mm-hmm. it has Bluetooth built into it. Yeah. Which was a, a big feature. And it's very affordable. Uh, it looks like it's going to be about 170 US, so you know, 200, 220 Canadian. Yeah, uh, that's significantly cheaper. I mean, that that's just for the bare bones device itself. You still need to add microphones and, and uh, probably a memory card and that type of thing as well. But um, you know, for portable on the go podcasting or radio production, I think it's going to be great for us. Don't forget to enter our weekly contest at getconnectedmedia.com. All you have to do is sign up for our newsletter and you are entered to win. We are giving away an awesome prize. It's uh, from Samsung, a Samsung Galaxy A71 smartphone. This thing's uh, worth about 550 bucks. Great camera on it. Uh, really great screen uh, as well. And uh, we're giving a few away this month. Uh, again, getconnectedmedia.com. Hit the newsletter tab and uh, enter to win. When we come back, we've got a whole bunch more to talk about here on the app show. Today, we will be talking about uh, the latest uh, integrated or app integrated home alarm systems and also a bit on electric vehicles, everything from the apps you should download to uh, checking your battery health as well using a special little uh, device that uh, anyone can purchase. You're listening to the app show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You're back with the app show. Mike and John here. Uh, if you get a chance and uh, you're into electric vehicles, you've been thinking about getting one now or maybe in the near future, we did a, a really great, uh, great 
program yesterday on the Get Connected radio show uh, all about uh, electric vehicles and what to look for, things uh, like charging and maintenance. Uh, You can listen to it and and watch it, the video podcast, up on our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Wanted to uh, just kind of take that a bit further, uh, John. Uh, You came across uh, a few little devices, uh, little dongles, they're they're called, uh, that you can plug into an electric vehicle to actually check the battery health. And I think this will become more and more important as there becomes a larger used uh, car market for electric uh, vehicles. You know, if you're purchasing one, you'll probably want to know what the battery health is, like how much longer does it have? Yeah, I mean, just to sort of step back a little bit, these dongles work on any car, uh, EV or gas-powered, going back, I think, to 1996. They all have what's called an ODB2 port. And it kind of looks like an old-style printer port uh, and it's right underneath your steering wheel typically um, and kind of tucked under the dash a little bit and you plug these these dongles into that and then they uh, depending on the, which one you get they either have bluetooth or wi-fi uh, and you can get apps to to sort of sort of checking on the, on the health of the computer that's in all of these cars uh, ev or otherwise uh, going back into the you know the late 90s and I got one a long time ago because I kept having a problem. I had a fairly new car and you keep getting those check engine lights and there might be a code that would uh, pop up that the dealership would then have to go and sort of plug in something, figure out what it is and get that information. Um, These gadgets do that for you. Uh, You plug it in, you pair it with your smartphone and then your smartphone app will tell you what that code is. And like for me, I had a very stupid reason why I was kept getting these these check engine light uh, warnings because I had uh, uh, my gas door wasn't fully closed and sealed properly. And so that was an alert but you know i had a brand new car i'm like what did i do wrong and i have to go back to the dealer which is a big pain you know you can buy these things as cheap as like 10 bucks online um what you're looking for is typically an uh an elm 327 interface elm 327 and if you're on android uh you're going to get the bluetooth one if you're on ios you're gonna get the wi-fi one uh there's a number of apps depending on the device that you're using and when this got kind of revisited is when I got my EV and I was starting to read on the forums about people buying older EVs and they really wanted to know on the uh, dealership lot what the state of those batteries were because you know some of these cars are older but they still run great and they still have good range um, but is the battery you know severely degraded because it's been you know driven hard and put away wet kind of thing and so these little guys uh, and they like they come in all different shapes and sizes this is the iCar Pro you can get this on Amazon for about 25 bucks and it's tiny um it, this uh will allow you to use a different app depending on your car um torque and torque pro are the typical ones that people use on the android side uh there's a bunch of different ones on the ios side um but um for my kia my kia ev they actually have a kia soul ev spy it's an app you can download and so what people are doing is they're buying these little dongles before they buy the ev they're going to the dealership they're test driving the car and while they're doing their test drive they pop the dongle in and they can actually get a full screen health report on that particular car's battery and everything else about it. Do you think the which deal- is really cool? Do you think the dealers like this? Um, 
I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I think the people deserve to be uh, informed. informed when they're yeah. making a, a purchasing decision. And uh, this is definitely something that, you know, the dealer can't lie about um, because the car is telling you this information. A lot of these EVs will have some kind of, you know, health meter or something in the car, but it's really high level. It's not going to tell you the details. Um, what I found with the um, the Kia one is that it actually shows all the cells in the battery, which is basically the bottom of most EVs. The entire bottom of the car is just a giant battery. Yeah. But it's made up of lots of cells. I forget how many. It depends on the car and the size and everything like that. But let's say dozens of cells of bat- battery cells, and it'll tell you which ones are bad or damaged or degraded not even working anymore and their health level as well tells you how many charge cycles the cars had those types of things that's the kind of information that your the sales guy is not going to know um and the only way to get that is to plug in one of these devices and you know in the dealership they would have a bigger computer that would plug into it and they could get all this information whether they show you that and share that information with you when you're looking to buy it that's debatable uh that probably vary depending on the dealership but why not be the informed consumer and get this information yourself directly from the car? And available on places like Amazon. Amazon, yeah, it's even cheaper if you buy it like from like AliExpress or eBay. Um, you can get these things for like ten dollars. Uh, you just might have to wait a month for it to be shipped to you. Ten bucks, a small price to pay. Well, uh, we're gonna have to take a break here on the app show. When we come back, we'll be talking about uh, some of our favorite uh, electric vehicle apps that we use uh you know good for all of them and some specific ones for example for tesla you're listening to the app show here in the chorus radio network back after this you're back with the app show mike agarbo here with john beeler still a lot more to talk about on today's program later we'll be talking about uh some of the uh smart home alarm systems uh, that you might want to uh, check out right now we want to talk about apps and specifically apps for electric cars and uh, john uh, you've uh, recently purchased a, a new uh, kia soul uh, electric vehicle People are probably tired of me talking about it <laughs> well we, we get a, a little little content out of it <laughs> yes uh what are some of the apps that you've come across uh, so far so the main the main one that I've started using just because I just love how well detailed and in community sourced the information is, it's called PlugShare, and it's kind of like Yelp for electric chargers. Um, it shows you all the chargers uh, everywhere. Uh, you can just press a button and it'll look, zoom into your location and show you the nearest ones, and then you can tap on one and it'll give you all the details about it, like what kind of charge uh, connector is it? You know, is it compatible with your vehicle? Um, It'll tell you the last time people checked into it. So it's kind of like Yelp, kind of like Foursquare, kind of like those kinds of apps where you're um, checking in and, and leaving comments about, you know, oh, well, this charger is damaged, so don't use it kind of thing. Or there's uh, there's no power coming to this thing, so they've turned it off for whatever reason. But also lots of things like, you know, how much it is per hour, what kind of uh, kilowatt rating it has, uh, all those types of things. And, and just information specifically about what's around there too like so you're in the middle of some industrial park is there a place to go get some food while you're waiting for your your car to charge that type of thing yeah those types of apps are are fantastic um i have a tesla so uh, of course there's the tesla superchargers but there are they are far and few between so uh, i use uh, like the charge point um chargers that are around town so i i use the charge point app but it only obviously just shows their network, which right. it, it's good though because um, you know you get ratings for the different uh, charging stations around, and it'll also tell you if it's busy or not, which is so yeah. handy. 
Yeah, that's the nice thing is that the real time feedback with the charge point one because it's actually connected to their network. Um, yeah, the the plug share one doesn't have that, but you can also sort of see from some of the comments, people tend to be regulars for some of these things. So they'll say that, you know, this is busier after hours or, you know, you know, those types of comments can tell a lot about the place. No, very, very cool. Like it's, it's a must have for that. Uh, if you are a Tesla owner, uh, one that's very popular, uh, obviously the one that comes with the car, but uh, there's another one that uh, goes for about 20 bucks. Uh, it's called remote for Tesla. And this kind of takes uh, uh, the Tesla app to the next level, just as far as like the statistics and the type of information you can get uh, on charging uh, your Tesla with the battery, how many kilometers you've gone, uh, how many kilometers you got on the last charge. Uh, it really gets down there for the, you know, the stats nerds that really want to kind of dig in and, and find out uh, exactly what's happening with their, their car. It's also got uh, some really cool um, integration with uh, Apple Watches uh, as well. So you can get all sorts of information from there and, and even use it to use Siri to uh, do different commands to the car, like turn the climate control on and off. That's really cool. I think so. Yeah, I, I, that's mm-hmm. kind of one thing. One of the things I've enjoyed with uh, the Tesla and even with the base one that comes uh, with the car it's nice in the winter time that I can be inside here and basically say, you know, turn turn the temperature up in the car to 24. Yeah, so you walk out to it and it's perfectly comfortable. Exactly. I don't have to go out and yeah. do it like a sucker, like the old-fashioned way. <laughs> <laughs> uh, any other apps that you come across, John? Yeah, one one app that comes up a lot, uh, and this is probably good for people that are, are even considering to buy an EV, is called A Better Route Planner. And uh, it's available for iOS and Android, and it's free. Uh, you can create an account for it, and I think there is some in-app purchase options as well. But what it does is, uh, say you want to figure out, how am I going to get from uh, my house in the Lower Mainland to my cabin in the shoe shop? What do I need to do to get there on one on what, can I get there on one charge? Probably not with most EVs. How many stops do I need to make? The times I need to stop and how long I need to stay at that charger. So it can actually like really streamline your trip. So it'll say, well, stop in Abbotsford and charge for 20 minutes and then drive again until you get to this charger somewhere else in Merritt and then charge there for 40 minutes. And then you'll get there with plenty of charge and then it'll show you where at your destination the nearest charger is. Um, this sounds great in theory because it does the full mapping for you, taking into account charge times, optimal charge times, and even things like how busy some of these chargers can be. Um, but I found that the app is just a little little on the flaky side. And I thought at first, okay, maybe this is because I'm using iOS 14, and then I installed it on Android. Um, it was actually worse on the Android side. It just oh, really? didn't feel as polished as I was uh, hoping to. And, you know, we're all kind of spoiled with Google Maps and, and even some of the navigation systems in our cars too. But um, it just, it, it needs a couple more revisions, I think, before I'd be fully happy with it. But it does give you the information you need. I just, the problem is, is that it's hard to add a brand new vehicle as well. And I think that might've been part of my problem is that some of these um, apps they they don't handle brand new vehicles that aren't even in the systems yet. Uh, so you have to sort of pick last year's model instead. And it's not truly accurate because it doesn't know how big your battery is and that your range and that kind of stuff too. So that might be part of the problem that I've been experiencing, but I just found that the app itself was just a little, a little uh, flaky in a couple spots. 
Well, those are some of the uh, EV apps we're looking at uh, right now. We're going to have to take a break. When we come back, we will uh, be looking at home alarm systems, uh, especially nowadays. Uh, a lot of these ones you can kind of install yourself. Some can be monitored uh, as well, so we'll check those out. You're listening to the App Show here on the Chorus Radio Network. Back after this. You are back with the App Show. Mike and John here. We're going to talk security now. Uh, so many companies uh, in the past uh, few years have uh, come out with all sorts of kind of do-it-yourself uh, security cams and alarm systems. Uh, some very popular ones, uh, you know, from uh, Netgear and their Arlo uh, security cams. Uh, there's also uh, TP-Link and D-Link. All the, uh, I guess the, the router companies came out with these uh, a while back, John, and uh, made it super simple for people to hook them up. Yeah, you can typically buy a kit and you buy the kit depending on how big of a space you want to secure. So how many cameras do you need? Are they indoor, outdoor, et cetera? Well, uh, some of these uh, are now getting a little more uh, integrated with what we would typically think of an alarm system with a keypad uh, and, and everything. Uh, the big telecoms here in Canada, Bell, uh, they bought uh, Alarm Force uh, back a, a little while ago and integrated that in with their whole offering. And TELUS uh, recently last year, I think in October, uh, bought ADT, the big security system uh, here in Canada as well. So obviously an important uh, uh, I guess part of their uh, their bundles is these things become more and more integrated with smart homes and internet uh, connectivity. And uh, TELUS, uh, obviously here in Western Canada, is uh, uh, you know they've they've gone hard into this. They are really promoting a lot of bundles now. You know you get internet, TV, and security. And I know John, you just recently uh, was looking at a TELUS bundle. Yeah, because it, basically the TV, internet, and security bundle is pretty compelling if that's something that you're looking for Um, because on their own some of these uh, packages start at about $18 a month just for the security stuff so if you can find a bundle that'll knock a few bucks off that uh, you know the total cost of getting all those services all together in one place I think it just really boils down to what level of integration in um, home security are you looking for do you want to have someone you know uh, come by if the alarm is triggered like a security service or or have it call the cops that type of thing or are you happy just getting notifications on your phone uh from uh from a a webcam or something else that's set up around your house that's been triggered by a motion sensor or or by the camera movement itself yeah it's a good question Uh, and that's a challenge you know if you do have these things uh wired in you know that you know the old ones were wired into the cops right and yeah. now the cops don't want to answer them because there's just so many false alarms and they actually charge you for it. I remember, yeah. you know, the RCMP coming out when my alarm went off and I think we got charged for it. So, um, you know, nowadays they go to a, you know, an alarm center, uh, you know, with TELUS, for example, they've got, uh, you know, the old ADT folks there, I guess. I, I don't know how that integration happened, but, uh, you know, if you do have a monitored package, uh, it the, the call would go to them basically. And then they would ascertain, you know, whether to call the cops or not if they can't contact you right i think what a lot of people might be considering for the first time though is these standalone devices that are fully integrated on on their own because then you're not tied to the carrier for example for everything um so you know ring from amazon has a lot of uh, security products that are pretty pretty compelling and, and pretty inexpensive too yeah, um, everything, the video doorbell, which, you know, you and I both have and love um, and being able to integrate that into other cameras that are out exterior and interior and then the alarm system for your things like windows and doors and that type of stuff as well. Yeah, and they're, they're pretty cheap, actually. Um, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm using the ring system uh, in, in my home and 
I have to say, you know, we try out a lot of this gear, John, and I, I've been really pleasantly surprised with the ring stuff that it actually works. Like, I don't have to monkey around with it ever. It just continues to work. So I've got, you know, a few cameras around the outside of the house, the ring doorbell uh, as well. Uh, and now I'm, I'm looking at uh, their their ring security system. You know, you get the keypads and the door sensors and the, and the window sensors because I'm just comfortable at how well it worked for me. Yeah. So uh, the nice thing is, uh, you know, if you want monitoring, it's just, I think, about 100 bucks a year, which is pretty cheap. That's very cheap, yeah. yeah. It's it's cheap enough that you're not even going to think about it as opposed to some of these other alarm systems where they have, like, you know, the security teams coming by and stuff that costs a lot more per month. Yeah, the um, neat thing uh, with Ring as well, and it's something to look for if you are looking for, you know, an alarm ecosystem, I'll call it, you know, what kind of stuff do they have? You know, what kind of cameras? Uh, you know, how are you controlling this? Is it through an app? Do they got a little control screen? Um, does it work with other stuff? You know, with the Ring uh, ecosystem, John, uh, I didn't even know this, but uh, they are actually compatible and work with a number of other companies as well. Like I have a bunch of Leviton light switches in my house, for example, and apparently it works with the system, which is kind of right. cool. And there's a lot of smart locks that will work with the system as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just makes it so much easier when you can monitor your stuff from, you know, a Google Mini or a uh, or Google Nest Hub, uh, an Alexa Echo, for example, any of those type of devices to be able to see the cameras, be notified on your phone or your watch that, you know, someone's triggered something. And then you can, you know, click through and investigate it. You've got cloud recording for the video. So you've got you know, the video evidence, if you need it, that type of stuff and just being able to watch stuff. But I got into a lot of this stuff because I just wanted to be able to sort of keep tabs on my cat while I was in the office. <laughs> and, you know, you can do that really inexpensively too. And these things work for security. They have motion sensing alerts that you can set up as well. And th- some of them are, are actually smart enough to know the difference between a cat and, you know, a burglar. Um, but, and you can get like a, you know, a wise camera, for example, you know, we talk about those all the time. They're like 30 bucks on Amazon and you just put it up somewhere, you know, your main entrance way or something like that. Um, I love the ring video doorbell because it's basically the front door to your house. And that probably be the main people way people would get in. And um, anytime someone comes by or, you know, a courier company comes to deliver something, I can talk with them if I need to and tell them to just put it, you know, in the bushes or whatever. Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. But, you know, it just really depends on how much you want to spend and what level of integration. We also uh, have talked about uh, Safe by Hub6.io. Um, they have a, a little system that you can actually plug into an existing alarm system. Specifically, you have an older system that is not Appified. And this basically removes that monthly subscription fee and gives you an app on your phone so you can tie into your home alarm system as well. That's that's kind of cool. Uh, and yeah, we have covered that on Global TV uh, as well. Um, and people that have installed it just love it. You know, they've got, you know, their old alarm system that they've, you know, had an investment in. And obviously it's all wired already. So being able to make it smart with this one simple device is a godsend. So, uh, you know, if you want to check that one out, uh, hit their website, uh, Safe by Hub 6, and uh, see if your alarm system's uh, compatible. Ring also has a little device like that as well, John. That Oh, did they? Yeah, I did not know that <laughs> either. But, you know, that's the thing. You know, if you're looking at, for these alarm systems, uh, you know, a, a few things to check out. Number one, you know, cameras and video doorbells. These things are great uh, for seeing what's going on. But, you know, other things like motion detectors, uh, you know, can it be retrofit with uh, your old alarm system? Uh, can it be integrated with smoke detectors or, uh, you know, water and flood detectors as well? Uh, you know, the, 
the better that the ecosystem is built out, I think the more uh, you know things you'll be able to do with it, and and and, and better security will be for your house. Absolutely, yeah. And the, the, like you pointed out, the nice thing is is that a lot of the stuff is a lot less expensive now than it ever used to be. Well, that's for a that's, couple hundred bucks, you can totally secure your entire house. Yeah, and you know, if you do want it monitored, uh, you know, keep that in mind. Uh, it might look look like a good deal, but if you're paying like thirty or forty bucks a month, that's a lot of money. Uh, you know, a lot of times you're paying that much. You know, they're including the equipment cost in that price. Um, so keep keep that uh, in mind. But the monitoring cost is a big thing. Uh, again, Ring I think is about a hundred bucks a year. Uh, that safe uh, by Hub Six uh, device that works with your existing alarm, they've got plans starting at ten bucks a month, which you know, it's pretty affordable as well. So something to uh, check out. Okay, we're going to have to take another break. Uh, Don't forget to hit our website. We've got all sorts of great content up there, the latest uh, tech reviews, news, again, getconnectedmedia.com. And if you want a chance to win a great Samsung Galaxy A71 smartphone, all you have to do is subscribe to our newsletter. It's that simple. Just hit the newsletter tab. Again, at getconnectedmedia.com. We come back from the break. More apps to talk about here on the App Show. Stay tuned. You're back with the App Show. Mike and John here. Don't forget to hit our website, getconnectedmedia.com. We've got a great contest, Samsung Galaxy A71 smartphone. We're giving some away this month. Again, getconnectedmedia.com and uh, hit the uh, the contest page. Uh, one quick app before we go, John. Uh, this is kind of interesting. Google's uh, Lookout app is uh, now available in Canada with some new updates. And so for people that uh, are low vision, or blind, this is uh, fantastic. They'll be able to use uh, the the camera on their uh, Android smartphone to actually identify their surroundings. So it actually has got uh, sensors uh, and AI to help uh, recognize all sorts of things that are in the field of view of the camera, um, and also things like a food mode, and it can scan uh, documents and read them back. Yeah, this allows them to you know literally point their camera at some money, and it'll tell them what the currency is. And how much is in their hand? Uh, you can also scan food labels as well when you're in the grocery store. Well, that's fantastic. Um, I, you know that would be a godsend for you know obviously someone that's uh, completely uh, blind. And again, I love the text feature. You know, if you had a document, you got some mail, uh, you can basically just uh, you know use the app and use the the camera on your smartphone uh, to scan that document in with a click and have it read it back to you. All the scanner people are worried. <laughs> oh, the scanner people. Uh, yeah, I guess that's another uh, tech item that uh, is probably on a uh, on a, d- a decline as mm-hmm. well, I, I would imagine. Uh, again, our website, getconnectedmedia.com. Uh, we've got our contest up there, but also lots of other great content. Uh, first looks of uh, new tech gear, smartphones, smart home stuff, uh, and also the latest uh, tech news as well, and easy-to-understandable little bites. I want to thank everyone that helps put the show together, including John, my co-host, uh, and our producer, Christina, and the rest of the folks uh, back at the ranch. We'll see you again next time. You've been listening to a 980 CKNW podcast. Listen live at cknw.com, the Radio Player Canada app, TuneIn, Amazon Alexa, HD Radio at 101.1 FM HD2, and on the AM dial, 980 CKNW.